This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Wait, you've got to be kidding me. Let's get this untwisted. Well, you loved her the first time. You're going to love her even more the second time. Girls, gays, and theys, we have the one, the only Paige Hallis back with us again from the podcast Beauty in the Biotech Beast. Paige, how are you feeling today? I am so excited to be back on the Twisty Pod. However, I do need to start with an apology to the Twisty fam. Apologizing. If you listened to our fitness breakdown episode, you will notice that I said the phrase exactly, exactly 1,000 times. So if you made a water drinking game (laughs) out of the podcast, you will literally drink a gallon of water. So if you want to drink a gallon (laughs) of water, just go listen to the podcast again, because I promise you, you'll you'll reach that goal in 40 minutes. First of all, I think the podcast is like an hour and a half. So they have they have time. It's actually a good separation of space between sips. There you go. That's just one of those things that you only realize because it's you saying it. I edited oh, the sure. podcast and I didn't even remember you saying exactly every other phrase. But you know, that's just that's us. That's how we chat. That's how we talk. I say the yes. same things all the time. Trust me. Trust me. I hear it myself. You're fine. It's okay. But now I will be more mindful so that, you know, you all don't need to listen to me say exactly, exactly, exactly 1000 times. <laughs> Unless they need to get their water intake for the day, then we'll play again. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I almost said so it again. Funny. That is so funny. I did not even realize that. Well, the first episode that we recorded together, we debunked fitness myths. And I cannot tell you how imperative that episode was to my entire adolescence, my adulthood. It was so much fun to record, but this time we're back and we are doing a skincare version because skincare is pretty darn important. Would you concur? Yes, absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) But Paige, I love chatting with you because you have this unique ability to not only relate to pretty much everything that I feel like I share with you, but also you provide this like nurturing mother aspect while also providing the science aspect. You're truly an influencer. How does it feel? A skinfluencer in this sense. A skinfluencer. I feel, I don't know. I feel like I, I'm confident with that title. Mm. Um, I am not a cosmetic chemist. So there are people who do study like the chemistry of cosmetic products. So things like makeup, skincare, et cetera. Right. That is not my, um, expertise in study, but this is what I dive into in my personal time. So I listen to many a podcast about skincare things. Right. Um, and I'm always researching the products that I buy because I want to know more about how they work, why they're better than what I'm currently using. Are they good in my routine? 
Um, and I've also made my dermatologist, my close and personal friend. So I'll always go to her and say, Hey, I'm thinking of switching up my skincare. What do you think? Or what products should I be using? Um, so I think that that skincare has really been something that, you know, I'm particularly passionate about because it's something that I've dealt with my entire life. So I'm pretty, pretty dedicated to it, I guess. You're a researcher by profession and education, but also just a consumer and a a gal with skin, if I do say so myself. Yes, that is a great way to describe me. (laughs) Do you have a personal skincare journey that you feel inclined to add context to or like what's been your history with your skin, starting from whatever age you feel applicable. So I started dancing when I was three years old and I have, yeah. And I've always, um, been a dancer until I was in college. And one of the beautiful things that dance does is it puts you in front of a mirror 24 seven and we can delve another time into what that does for your personal image. However, for for me, I always struggled with acne starting probably when I was like 10 years old and I had really bad cystic acne. Yeah. It was awful, super painful, just really big, like big pimples essentially on your face. Yes. On my face, not many, but on my face, very large, very painful, but looking at yourself in a mirror for, I was dancing at that point in time, like 24 hours a week. So that's a long time to be looking at yourself Mm -hmm. in the mirror. Mm -hmm. So it really was something that I was super self-conscious about. I was always worried about is my concealer covering? Did I sweat my concealer off? Does anybody notice that I have acne? And I'm sure nobody gave, you know, a flying anything about what my face looked like, but that was something that was really bothersome for me. Sure. Especially Um, when you're constantly being reminded of it by staring at the mirror every single time you're in class. Absolutely. Yes. So it was something that I struggled with um, starting at a very young age. And it was something that my parents kind of knew would be a problem for me. It was a a genetic thing that acne runs in the fam. Mm. Love to see it. (laughs) We love to see it. So my parents were, you know, quick to bring me to a dermatologist. Mm. So I've done everything from topical creams to antibiotics to Mm -hmm. try to help the acne to sprinolactone, which is a cystic acne drug to Accutane two times. Yes. Two times. It was a lot. Accutane is very, um, it's a very dramatic drug. It does work. It does not work for everyone right? Um, because it takes a toll on your mental health and it's very challenging because you need to be doing all of these things because it's highly regulated. So there's a lot of hoops that you have to jump through. Yeah. For me, Accutane worked very well. And if you don't have a history of mental health issues like depression or um, anxiety, things of that sort, it's something that you could definitely talk to your doctor about because it's something that really worked for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not great for everyone. That's funny because I was actually on Accutane myself. I had no idea the mental health implications, which you would 
assume now, or at least I could understand that now in retrospect, just being older. But I think at the time, all I thought of it of was cure acne. I wouldn't even think, oh, these are the side effects because when acne or any problems with your skin is occurring, that to you takes precedent over any sort of side effect that they're warning you about. But you go, no, 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 like I need this for this. I'd rather have the solution than any of the side effects that come along with it. That's exactly how I felt as well. And it was something that my doctor talked with me about, like, hey, if you're Mm -hmm. having, you know, especially teenagers have acne and teenagers are going through big changes. So my doctor was very transparent with me as to, you know, if I had any, you know, changes in my mental well-being that I needed to let her know. And it was something that I never really dealt with. And for me, I was like, well, if my acne has gone, then my mental well-being will be better. Exactly. Like, exactly. Cause it's not something that will be bothering me. Right. One much. plus one equals two. Like, there we go. Problem solved. Correct. Did you end up having some really bad side effects in that regard? I did not have any side effects either time that I took Accutane. So the first time I did it, I was in high school. And the second time was actually after college that my cystic acne Hmm. really came back. Um, And we did try to treat it with um, sprinolactone, which is actually a heart medication for blood pressure. But the side effect or like the off target effect of the drug is that it works for cystic acne. So I did sprinolactone for a really long time. But essentially, if you're not doing Accutane, your skin can develop a resistance to any of the other um, oral medications that you take to treat acne. And once you develop a resistance, then they don't work anymore. Mm. So the sprinolactone was no longer working. So I decided to do one more round of Accutane. Um, Actually, this time last year, I had just started. Oh my goodness. So are you still on it? No, I finished in September. I believe. So for me, I didn't really have any off target effects. It was really great for me. My skin is naturally very oily. And essentially Mm -hmm. what Accutane does is that it blocks your um, pores from producing that oil. So I didn't have to wash my hair as much, which was like really the win is that (laughs) you could go weeks without washing your hair and no one would know. Um, So that was really nice. I think for me, it really did clear my skin up. It's given me a lot of confidence having clearer skin and not having to worry about, you know, covering my skin. Although this year I, half of my face would have been covered anyway. And my problem zones are my nose and my chin for sure. So the mask would have really helped. Overall, I had a very positive experience with Accutane and I'm very lucky that I've gotten my skin under control. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I've been, you know, pretty, pretty proud of. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's obviously not a linear journey and I don't think anybody's skincare is, but you normally think, okay, I go through this horribly strict or horribly harsh antibiotic. Is that what it would be considered? Um, I believe that it's, it's technically a targeted drug because targeted drug. the oh, antibiotics wow. are what you take like before. Yeah. So it really just targets the kind of oil ducts in your skin is right. what it does. Yeah. And I mean, you think like that makes total sense. Like you go through this rigorous process, you think it's going to be over. 
And then here you are, what, like six years later. And then you realized, wait a minute, I have to do this again. Are you kidding me? It's deja vu, if you will. No, for sure. For sure. What's that chapstick (laughs) brand called that everyone uses on Accutane with the blue lid? Oh, oh, O'Keefe's. Yes, but no. Aquaphor. Aquaphor. I was going to say O'Keefe's was my savior. So I used Aquaphor. Aquaphor (laughs) or the O'Keefe's lip repair are your your go-to. Really the chap lips is the worst part or it was the worst part for me. Yeah. So my experience taught me a lot about dermatology and how to deal with skincare and what things I should be prioritizing in a skincare routine. Walking us through that now, if we're talking about, I don't want to say like your recommendations because obviously your skincare journey is different than everybody else's, but If we're speaking generally from what you've known as a researcher or just because of your own personal interest in skincare as a topic, let's talk about skincare routines just for the everyday consumer. Starting from the most basic, what do you think is the most essential? Yeah, that's a great question. What I've always been told is a basic routine and a routine that everyone should be doing should consist of a cleanser a moisturizer and sunscreen. And those are like your big three in the morning. You want to be washing your face, moisturizing your skin and using sunscreen. Obviously you don't need that at night, but you definitely want to wash your face, get the grime off Mm -hmm. and moisturize so that your skin can rehydrate throughout the night. Now, what is your opinion on the double cleansing system? So I actually asked this question to a guest on my own podcast. Her name is Alchemist Asia. And oh, she I think I listened is... to this episode. Yes. <laughs> That's, that like, touches my heart. <laughs> no, it was um, a really good one. Thank you. Um, so she is a uh, scientist as well, and she has her own beauty brand. Mm-hmm. And she is very passionate about the cosmetic chemistry industry. And that's a mouthful, cosmetic chemistry industry. But (laughs) her and I discussed double cleansing because I said to her, basically, what's the deal? I see all of these influencers that are buying the drunk elephant, you know, bomb cleansing bombs that they can double cleanse. Right. And essentially what she kind of enlightened me on is that you should really only be double cleansing in situations where you would previously be using a makeup wipe. Because your double cleansing is essentially using the first pass of cleanser that's maybe a balm or something a little bit more heavy to take off your makeup. Right. And then your second cleanse is really what cleans the skin and gets the oils off of your face. Which makes total sense because... I think we all went through a phase where we thought makeup wipes were fine, but then there was kind of this weird enlightenment. It's almost like overnight people are like, you're using a makeup wipe. I'm like, I didn't know I wasn't supposed to. It's like all these changes happen in 24 hours, but yeah, 24 hours later, nobody's using makeup wipes anymore. Now, all of a sudden we do double cleansing system. But an interesting thing I wanted to maybe make note of or ask you about was uh, Keith, my boyfriend, he has recently only, you know, in the last year or so gotten into having a little bit of a skincare routine and he's a big fan of Kiehl's. He's like Kiehl's or bust, <laughs> which is really sweet, I guess, but they have a men's skincare line, which is, you know, perfect. It's probably the exact same thing. They just put them in blue bottles, whatever. So <laughs> he, for the longest time was using their cleanser 
And he was kind of doing a little bit more research just the other day. And all of a sudden he stumbled upon their face wash. And he's like, wait a minute, there's a cleanser and there's a face wash. This is kind of interesting. And so from his little bits of research, according to their line, they produce not only a cleanser, but also the face wash. So the cleanser is a little bit more subtle, which feels like it's applicable to what we're saying. Like that's more of like, get your makeup off all skin types, maybe all genders. But I thought that was so interesting. I don't really know. I kind of forgot what my point was here. But yeah, I don't know. Well, I just thought that was so funny. Yeah, that is really funny. And one thing that Asia brought up when we were podcasting together is she mentioned that double cleansing is actually really important for people who work in the restaurant industries, particularly for chefs huh. and people that are on like a cook line, mm. because you're being exposed to a ton of oil, just, you know, standing over pans, or if you're working on like an industrial line, Makes you're sense. exposed to a lot of those things. So maybe that's why they broke it into two for men because, you know, sometimes men need to take care of their skin as well, but you know, good for you for getting Keith to wash his face. Um, (laughs) My boyfriend washes his face only when he showers, which means that he only washes his face once a day. Mm. And he insists that if he washes his face too much, he's going to get acne, which is not true, but you know, boys will be boys and he washes his face at least once a day. So eventually He'll get on the train. Well, you know, I have, I have gotten him on the cleansing slash face wash train, but what he's not jumped on yet is the sunscreen train. And that one is like a kind of a personal hit to my heart, considering the boy is half Irish. So can we talk about sunscreen? Like why is sunscreen? Why does every dermatologist esthetician scream at you to wear sunscreen? Absolutely. That's, that's so funny. So Keith and Matthew are the opposite in that way. Matthew is the sunscreen police. Go Matthew. Even if we're going on a quick little walk, he'll be like, Paige, did you put on your sunscreen today? Because he's seen many a bad sunburn on me, Mm. but (laughs) sunscreen is very important. So basically what sunscreen does is that it has chemicals in it that reflect UV light as well as prevent UV light particles from hitting your skin. Right. And essentially what this UV light does is we know that it's bad because we know that it causes cancer, but what it really does is at the like cellular level, the UV light will cause mutations in your DNA. Oh my gosh. Which which seems scary, right? When you say it that way, but our bodies have a ton of different mechanisms that correct these mutations and say, Hey, this looks weird. Let's like replace this section of DNA that looks like it's mutated. And there's particular mutations that UV light does to our DNA that our body can recognize very well. But that being said, we don't want to have to overuse those mechanisms if we don't need to. Right. So using something like a daily sunscreen is great because it's preventing that UV light from causing that damage to your skin so that we don't get things like skin cancer, for example. Totally. Yeah. I've had a lot of friends growing up in Southern California that had little patches that they um, had to get removed when they were at a very, very young age because they didn't wear sunscreen or they didn't wear enough. Maybe they had really fair skin, whatever it might be. And they have 
permanent scars just because of that sun damage that I guess, thankfully they were able to catch so early on. It didn't develop into something serious, but I remember it kind of like scaring me in a positive way to take more action because I love the sun and I love being outside. And I love that quote unquote, first tan of the summer. It's like the infamous first one. Yes. But there's also something more infamous and that's the first sunburn of the summer. And that hurts way more. That hurts way more than a good tan feels. I agree. I think I love being tan. I love my skin when I'm tan, Mm -hmm. but I have realized with, you know, like you said, friends who've had things removed. I'm also Irish and have very fair skin. Mm -hmm. So something that I'm very religious about is going to my dermatologist every year for my annual skin check where they go and they basically look at all of your skin. Most times doctors now use technology like an iPad and they collect photos of marks that maybe could be concerning in the future to keep an eye on. Right. Um, and kind of just to do that skin check and make sure that everything looks good. So it's something that's part of my annual routine. My appointment is in about a month. I always schedule it for the summer because I know that that's before I see the sun. Mm -hmm. Best of luck. Absolutely. Everything looks fine now. Nothing seems to have changed, but you know, the fair skin girls really got to take care of ourselves. Yeah. So of course, of course, but you should always be wearing sunscreen. That's, that's really the, the ultimate thing is that it's really important. Even if you're not going to be on the beach outside in Southern California, you should be putting it on your face and your arms and your neck every day, because those are the parts of our body that are exposed to sunlight, even through windows, like our windows yes, don't I was have just say that. a protective film. Yeah. So there are windows that have a UVA UVB protective film, which are basically the two major UV rays that we're exposed to on earth, but not many windows have that right. and they're more expensive to get that. So it is important to be wearing sunscreen, even if you're going to spend the day inside blue re- light does emit some UV rays as well. Not as many as if you were sitting in front of the sun. However, you think about, you know, you're home for the night, you're watching TV, you're laying on your phone on TikTok, and you're exposing yourself to that UV radiation through the blue light. So that's why it's important to take Taylor's tip and switch your phone into Mm -hmm. the red light So that way you're not exposing your skin after you've washed your face, taken off your sunscreen for the day. You're exactly right. You took the words out of my mouth. And I did forget to tell you that I figured out how to not make it just go black and white. There's like an extra one step tip. So I can show you later on as well. Perfect. But you have to like specifically select the hue, like the type of red or the amount of red, I guess. And, you know. A girl didn't do her research well enough when she was making her TikTok. So that's my bad. But yes, you're right. Switch it up. The black and white helps for sure. Yeah, exactly. At least it's something. And I think sometimes I even notice how much more it aggravates me when I don't have that switch late at night. Or even sometimes, I don't know if I'm just aging and whatnot, which is fine, but like 7 p.m., 8 p.m., I'm already ready. I'm like, get me away from this blue light. Like I've had enough. I've been staring at my computer or my phone all day long. And it's kind of scary to think if I didn't put on sunscreen that day and I'm sitting in my cave of an office, I'm still getting a little bit of UV from my computer. So sunscreen all around. Do you have a favorite 
recommendation brand wise, or do you think it's dependent on your skin type? For sunscreen, for me, my two biggest things is that I want it to absorb quickly Mm. and I want it to not feel greasy and smell like sunscreen. No smell. Yeah. I hated, I hated sunscreen for how greasy it felt. And that's why I hated wearing sunscreen. Me too. Um, so for me, I'll go into my two go-to products and then I'll explain kind of why I like these ones, if that makes sense. Yeah. So for my face, I am on the Elta MD train ride or die. Um, me too. They are awesome. The tinted sunscreen is awesome. Mm-hmm. Even for people with very fair skin, the tinted sunscreen really works in well with your skin tone. And I use that as like the base of my makeup. I don't even wear foundation and concealer because it neither. really just evens my skin out. Yes. Yeah. That's so funny you say that because I do the exact same thing. Yeah. So Elta MD, everyone go to amazon.com. They are a, you know, verified seller. Taylor mm-hmm. probably has an affiliate link somewhere, I do. but I'll link it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Link the Elta MD sunscreen. Cause that one's awesome. And yes. I think it's, um, SPF 46, but one of the things that's really important for purchasing sunscreen, no matter what brand allegiance you, um, you know, go to, you want a sunscreen that's both UVA and UVB protective. That's broad spectrum. That's very important. Another broad thing- spectrum. I never knew that that's what that meant. I just thought yes. that meant full coverage but I'm glad it means A and B. It means A and B, which we previously thought that B was the only bad one, but now we suspect that A might be bad as well. So let's just protect against both. Why not? I'm so glad that we did that. (laughs) (laughs) We are killing the game. That's sorry. That's like one of my favorite things, you know, when people say, well, they recently learned or we recently found out. I'm like, I always wonder who they and we are, but you know, (laughs) anyways, the researchers, the research community. (laughs) So we'll protect against both. Yes. And then we'll also look at SPF. So I think most people assume that SPF means like, oh, if I'm using SPF 50, then I'm protected for the whole day. And that is far, far, far from false. Basically SPF. Or far from oh true. far from true wow what am I doing that's far from far true <laughs> oh wow what far a day. from true okay yeah well let's go back it is far from true okay essentially SPF is the comparison between how long it takes your skin to burn with sunscreen versus without sunscreen so oh, an gosh. SPF fifteen means that it takes your skin 15 minutes longer to burn when you're wearing SPF 15 than you're when lying. you're not. You're nope. lying. Nope. That's what Dead the ass number series. means? Yes. That's what the number means. It's called the sun protection factor, SPF. Why? Why have I gone my whole life and never looked up what SPF stands for? 15 minutes? That's not good. No. So so what is the clarification? Like, I I feel like I've heard at a certain point, it means it starts to mean the same thing, or maybe it's after 50 or so it starts to have the same effect. Is that somewhat correct? It's not necessarily. I've also heard the same thing Okay, that, you know, after 50, it doesn't matter. It's not necessarily that 
it doesn't matter. It's just that you have a false sense of protection when you're at that mm. point. So like you think I put on SPF hundred, I'm invincible. Correct. You're mm-hmm. like, I have a hundred minutes <laughs> where really that's not exactly how it works because surprise, if you are a normal human, you sweat and you're going to sweat off your sunscreen, especially in the summer, really? especially when you're in a pool or in the ocean, your mm-hmm. sunscreen's going to come off. Mm-hmm. So what the skincare foundation recommends is an SPF 30 or higher. Um, so nothing under 30 for sure, but I typically like to stay with like a 30 to 40 range because then I can just set a timer for every 30 to 40 minutes so that I know that I need to reapply. Wow. So how often would you recommend like reapplying throughout the day? That feels like so much sunscreen. I'm not going to lie. I'm like a once a morning kind of gal. If I know I have something big in the afternoon, maybe a reapply. I'm just being frank here. No, I do the same thing. I apply my face sunscreen in the morning and then I normally don't reapply until maybe even later in the day. I'll maybe do it once, Mm. but very, very rarely will I reapply on my face. For me, it's more when I go to the beach and my skin is exposed. My arms are exposed, my legs, my midriff you know, everything that hasn't seen the sun in, you know, now we're at what, 18 months of being locked inside. Totally. Um, so that's really where the reapplication is important on the areas that haven't seen the sun in a minute. Correct. And if you're actually like out in the sun, laying in the sun, you know, versus you go out for your step into 21, 45 minute walk, and then you come inside Paige, You're the best little plug ever. I love you. This episode is brought to you by Saks.com. At Saks.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Any little last minute things about sunscreen before I turn the page? I think I just wanted, (laughs) that's a good one. It's really, I haven't heard it before. (laughs) Um, I just wanted to plug my favorite sunscreen for my body. Oh my gosh, please. Yeah. So I am a SoCal girl at heart and I love the sun bum sunscreen, which I'm sure comes at no surprise to anyone. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you haven't interacted with sun bum yet, you can open the bottle and instantly be on vacation because it smells like coconut. It's It's amazing. Awesome. They also have, yeah, it's so good. And they have a mineral formula too, which is awesome because Mm. I went on vacation and went to a like natural preserve and you can't use any sunscreens that have any harmful chemicals for the reefs. So they have a mineral version that's reef safe. So that's also awesome. Totally. I would always look for that on any body sunscreen. There's usually nowadays like a little marker that says reef safe and why not? Like it's no worse to us. Like it might as well help the, the waters, the animals, etc. So I love Sunbum and I think they make a chapstick too, don't they? They do. They do have a chapstick line. Mm-hmm. 
So that's exciting. I've never tried their chapstick, but that's very exciting. Chapstick with SPF is also important. Just saying. Yeah. And especially for the winter when you go skiing. Oh my gosh. That's so true. You always forget about the sun on the snow. Like the reflection is absurd. It's the same thing like being in the ocean and your face is reflecting upon the water. It's it's a mirror of the sun onto your face. Same thing with the pearly white snow. You got to reapply the sunscreen. A little bit of a left swift turn, but I wanted to dive into maybe your opinion or your research on more of the oils and serums and retinols, BHAs, AHAs, that route, the route that starts to get confusing. Because as we were kind of chatting about before the podcast, We've gotten into this phase now where every time you log on to a different social media app, you're being recommended a different product that you should be putting onto your skin. And as we chatted at the beginning of this section, the basic routine is cleanse, moisturize, sunscreen. Those three steps, sometimes I'm not going to lie, could be a little difficult to complete. Sometimes you just don't want to do it. Then all of a sudden they're like, no, 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 no. You got to throw in this. You got to throw in that. It's overwhelming. Does my skin even want that much product on it? So many questions. Yeah. So (laughs) this is something that I talked to my dermatologist about because I saw all of these things being pushed, especially like essences and toners and all of these things and Mm. vitamin C and retinol. And I was like, I don't even know what any of these things are. Right. So in her opinion, she recommended for people in their twenties to start to add in a vitamin C as well as a retinol, but there's many of many an asterisk here. So we can dive deeper into that. So she prefaced that by saying it's by age group, or there is multiple things that you should be adding in as you age. Is that correct? Correct. So a lot of these products are anti-aging, anti-wrinkle, anti-fine line, Mm. dark spots, aging spots products. Interesting. So for someone who is not in their twenties, so for a younger listener, you really want to stick to that cleanse, moisturize sunscreen and enjoy your youthful skin. And you know, it's, it's awesome. (laughs) But Once you get older, you need to start adding in more to try to do some preventative care for the signs of aging that we'll see on our faces and aging is not bad. Wrinkles are not bad. Exactly. It's just that some people don't like them. They don't like the way that they look. So if you take good care of your skin early on, you can kind of keep that youthful look that you had when you were in your twenties. So wait, taking that idea and breaking it down for a second, is it essentially that a lot of these products stem from an aesthetic benefit and they're not technically, I don't want to say necessary, but are they really just about like maintaining like a youthful look or is it preservation of skin for youthful skin? Does that make sense? Like I'm thinking like the difference between aesthetics and medical benefit. Yes. I understand what you're saying. And it is more medical benefit, not like by using these products, you'll never get cancer. Like that's not 
the, the objective here. Right. It's just that these will allow for your skin as, as we age, our skin produces less things like collagen, for example. Right. And we're exposed to more UV light over time. So a lot of these are products that are preventative for the signs of aging that are, you know, that we get because we've been exposed to UV light for 20 years, for 30 years, for 40 years. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Totally. I was just clarifying, like, am I only doing this to avoid the inevitable or is this actually also adding benefit to my skin? But you're right. Like things like collagen that starts to be, I guess, not as replenished as it maybe it was at one point. So it does make sense, but yes, I just had to ask for my own curiosity. Sorry. That's a great distinction to make. No, it's a very important distinction to make for sure. The twenties routine should add in an extra step in the morning and an extra step at night. So your morning step will be your vitamin C. Right. And vitamin C's are important to apply to your face because we do get vitamin C from our diet, right? We know vitamin C is what, you know, keeps our immune system healthy, mm-hmm. but we're not directly applying it to the skin. So it's important to have some exposure of vitamin C to the skin to help in these anti-aging elements, but it also has a bunch of other aspects to it as well. It's very hydrating because it decreases the water loss of your skin. Mm -hmm. It can fade any pigmentation. So for me, it fades acne scars really well, or dark spots that you might have, um, from picking at your skin, (laughs) it promotes collagen production, which Mm -hmm. allows for your skin to keep its elasticity And most importantly, it protects from sun damage. So when we are exposed to UV light, we get some free radicals from the sun, which are basically just some wild electrons. And (laughs) (laughs) yeah, a good little joke for you. (laughs) You do like the whole hand motion too. A little wild electrons. Oh my God, I love yeah. It. So vitamin C will be able to steal these wild electrons and I see. essentially prevent there from being this damage from free radicals to your skin. So vitamin C is good because it's super rich in antioxidants mm-hmm. and it does also have anti-aging properties like producing collagen and skin elasticity, those types of things. I think that's so good to know that this was something that you're only really recommended to incorporate in your twenties, because I feel like I just remember like turning the page like 22 or 21 or something. And all of a sudden my sister's like, this is my forever long skincare routine. And I felt so overwhelmed and I didn't even know what the heck a vitamin C was. I thought I was like a tablet, a vitamin that I took in the mornings and whatnot. But I could honestly say ever since I started adding in vitamin C, it has been the single sole reason that my dark circles have gone down immensely beforehand. I looked like a walking zombie. I mean that. It's really helped me with my acne scarring because Mm -hmm. I've had a lot of acne spots on my chin. It Mm -hmm. really has helped kind of get rid of those spots and brighten the skin overall. Totally. Maybe that's like a great way to phrase it. Like it, it does kind of like a replenishment all over. So things look a lot more together. 
Correct. It's hydrating. It's replenishing. You do want to make sure that you're doing a patch test before you start using vitamin C's because they Mm -hmm. are an acid that you're putting on your skin. Mm -hmm. Um, so the place that I patch test is the inside of my wrist, because this is also very delicate skin that doesn't really see the sun all that much. And I'll do a patch test probably for like a good week or two before I start putting it on my face, just to make sure that I'm not having a reaction to the product. Right. And so that I know how it applies. But one thing that I really like to do with my vitamin C is I actually mix it in with my moisturizer. So I'll put Mm. my moisturizer in my fingertips and then I'll just put a little squirt of my vitamin C in there and then I'll mix it up and apply it on my skin so that it applies more evenly and so that it can actually spread, especially because you really want your vitamin C to reach your neck as well. Mm-hmm. It, I always think of like that famous Nora Ephraim quote where she says like, no one knows how old you are until they look at your neck and your hands, because you know, you'll oh. always take good care of the skin on your face, but your age shows in other parts of your body, mm-hmm. but it is important to make sure that that vitamin C makes it to your neck because our necks are exposed to the sun as well. Totally. That's such a good tip. Do you have a favorite, uh, vitamin C that you use? Yeah, it's actually a good question that you asked that. So <gasps> vitamin C's Thanks. are really interesting because there's some at really, really high outrageous price points, like yes. greater than a hundred us dollars. Oh my God. And then there's, yeah. And like the drunk elephant one is like 80 us dollars. There's ones that are like $300 that they sell at a dermatologist's office. Oh my gosh. Um, and then there's ones that are like 10, $15. So you're like, how do I distinguish between what's good and what's not good? Wait, I heard once that they have to be like $70 or more to be legit. Is that fair? So that's what people say. However, I have found a gem of a product that I think fits all of the qualifications of a good vitamin C, but is affordable. Affordable in what sense? Like what's our price point? Like $15. Whoa. Yeah. Spill the tea. Yeah. Spilling Spilling the tea. So, you know, me and my dermatologist friend, shout out to Kristen. You're you the best. You the best. She's listening. We all know it. She is listening. (laughs) Um, But I asked her what vitamin C serum should I be using? Mm -hmm. And she gave me a list in which the list were higher priced. The the cheapest one she gave me was Drunk Elephant, which is 80 US dollars at Sephora for a full size product. And I was like, okay, well, why these ones? Like, what are things that I should be looking for? So she gave me the advice of looking for a vitamin C that has L-ascorbic acid in it. Mm -hmm. It has a concentration of about 10 to 20%, which allows your skin to take up the serum. If that percentage is too high, your skin doesn't really absorb it. You also want something that's a combination of vitamin E and vitamin C because vitamin E is very hydrating, whereas vitamin C is an acid. So it kind of balances it out so that your skin isn't just drier than the Sahara. And you want a pH of about four. This is a lot of specs and they're very, very hard to find on product websites. Not a lot of products will give you like, okay, here is all of the things that we do to make this product. Awesome. Yeah. But one serum that I found that I 
religiously purchased. It's now available at Target. It's like a black owned female business, which we love, but it's called Rosen Skincare. And the product is called, sorry, hold on. Let me look it up quick because I want to, I want to plug this product correctly because it's awesome. Oh, I lied. This is, it's $17, $18. Big fat liar. But Big fat liar. Okay. So it's called the bright citrus serum by Rosen skincare. I lied previously. It is $18, not $15, but you can get it at target now. And you can also on order online through their website. They're really awesome. Their customer service is really amazing. Love that. And they are a skincare brand that was made for people who have acne prone skin. So they also have a lot of products that are targeted for different types of acne. If you get blackheads, if you get whiteheads, if you get cystic acne, they have full kits of cleansers, toners, moisturizers, vitamin C, scrubs, yeah, it's an amazing business. Um, and oh, so it's backed in science and I absolutely love their products and like not sponsored, but I would give them a thousand free ads. Like <laughs> they are the best. I love that you also said backed in science because I know that's something, even as a non-science person myself, I always try and look to see the science behind the products that I buy. And I feel like when you're putting something on your skin, you want to know what's the research done on it? Where has it been tested or what, what is the actual meaning behind what I'm applying every single day? So love that. I'm excited to try it and save a few dollars. We want to take care of our skin, but on a budget. So that's really what I look for in my products is that I look for good quality products that are backed in science or have some sort of dermatologist recommendation, mm-hmm. but also have a good price tag. I love that. Love that. Okay. So you also quickly mentioned the retinols, which retinols I've heard so many left, right, and center things about, because first of all, I've heard that you're only supposed to wear them at nighttime because maybe they're a little bit more sensitive to the sun. I've also heard that's not necessarily true. As long as you're actively applying sunscreen, you're fine. I've also heard, uh, for some people, vitamin C is better for under eye circles and for others, retinol works better. So where is like the differentiating line and why is retinol like such a hot topic? What makes it so cool? So retinol is very similar to vitamin C and a lot of the things that you said are absolutely correct. So retinol is made of a vitamin A. It's like a retinoid vitamin A molecule that goes deep into your skin. So it moves from the outer layer to the inner layer of your skin Mm -hmm. and it neutralizes free radicals kind of similarly to vitamin C. It allows for better collagen production. It reduces fine lines and wrinkles Mm -hmm. as well as enlarged pores Um, It also kind of exfoliates the skin as well, but really not. Yeah. I didn't know that a a more kind of gentle exfoliant. It's very good for acne as well, because Mm. it helps treat your acne, your acne scars. It also keeps your pores unclogged, which is really important is it has a lot of really great aspects. Obviously it balances your skin, it hydrates your skin and it helps with the dry skin as well as oily skin to kind of like keep the moisture locked in. But as you mentioned, because it is a very powerful 
chemical, right? it does make you more sensitive to the sun. So that's why it's recommended to be applied at night because then you're not exposing yourself to UV light at night. Right. It's also important to still be using sunscreen with this product. And you should also, sorry, when you're in the morning, when you wake up, you should make sure that your that sunscreen is a consistent part of your morning routine, even if you're using, you know, your retinol at night. Right. But this is not for everyone. So you need to kind of start at a low percentage of retinol and work your way up. So I'm working my way through a 0.5% retinol right now. Right. Um, so I did a spot test on that and found that it was really great on my skin and using that. So that's good. Eventually I can probably move up, but you never want to exceed a 2% concentration of a retinol. That's just way too abrasive on your skin. Yeah. That sounds wild. I feel like 0.5 is already, Ooh, my skin's like, hello. Do you have another retinol recommendation? Absolutely. Okay. So I've been using the ordinary. So this is the first retinol that I've incorporated into my routine, but the ordinary products are very clean. There's not really a lot of ingredients in them. Right. And I got this retinol, this whole bottle of retinol that I've barely even tapped into. I got it probably maybe three or four months ago and it was $5 and I'm still working my way through it. Five us dollars. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think the one I have is $10. And I, I mean, that is wild. I also have the ordinary. That's what I meant, but mm-hmm. it's wild compared to even just those like vitamin C prices that you're talking about. And sometimes those quote unquote full size products are two ounces, three Correct. ounces or something. And it, it hurts your little wallet and your heart, but yeah, Correct. ordinary. I 100% also love their retinol. The thing that's really good about the ordinary as well, which I kind of glazed over in the vitamin C category is that you want to make sure that both of these products are stored in bottles where they aren't exposed to the sun Yes, because they are oxidized by UV light. So there might be some changes in coloration with these products. So for example, even with the Rosen vitamin C that I love, I do see slight differences in the color of the vitamin C as I use the product, even though that it's in a dark bottle, but you really want to make sure that these products are being packaged in a dark bottle that can't be, um, oxidized by the sun. Right. Yeah. Right. And if you see some discoloration, so for example, with my vitamin C, it starts clear and it'll go to like a, a light yellow. Mm -hmm. That's not really that bad. It's just not as effective, but once it gets to that dark yellow color, you should start switching it out. And the same goes for your retinol. Mine is like a pale yellow color. And if I see it get dark, then I'll have to replace it. I really like the ordinary retinol. I do mix that into my moisturizer. And at night I use a heavier moisturizer. That's a little bit more. I use a CeraVe, which is a ceramide, which is super hydrating. Mm. Um, but again, same thing. You want to make sure that you're covering the neck, getting the whole face. Totally. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think what I wanted to next bring up was kind of where I start to get more overwhelmed or more confused when I feel like I've got all those things down that we've talked about. Like I've got my cleanser, I've got my vitamin C, retinol, moisturizer, sunscreen, et cetera. And that already is so many things. But where are all of these other products relevant? Like why should I be adding in like a niacinamide or why should I have this other XYZ toner or BHA, whatever. I don't know. I think that's where I started to get really, really confused. And sometimes I just wonder, is this just another way to get me to spend more money? I don't know. Yeah. So it's very skin dependent, but a very bare bones routine for someone in their twenties should consist of a cleanser, moisturizer, sunscreen, obviously our, our big three, but then <laughs> vitamin C and retinol. And that's right. it. You shouldn't need anything else unless there's some other thing going on with your skin that you need another product. So I personally like a toner in my routine. I feel like it really helps take the grime of the day off. I know I don't need it, but things like niacinamide are more like fighting oil, like extremely oily and damaged skin, which could be good if you absolutely feel like you need it, but your bare bones routine doesn't necessarily need a thousand different products because the problem is once you add in all of those things, even if you're adding them in one at a time, you don't know which one's making your skin better and which one's making your skin worse. So it's better, in my opinion, it's better to stick to a simple routine that you will reliably do every night versus having this 25 step routine that maybe you'll do in the event that you did your workout an hour earlier that day and you have an hour before bed to apply every, like every different product. No, you're, you're exactly right. And you make such a good point because the consistency is probably what is going to obviously make the difference over time. Not the fact that you purchase the product and that's sitting on your counter because you never end up incorporating it. The one by one thing, my golly, if I, if anybody takes one thing away from this, I swear you got to add in one by one because take it from somebody who didn't when I was just getting so sucked into the influence that is TikTok and how many times I'd log onto the app and then I'd log off to go buy whatever product I was told to buy. And pretty soon I was lugging home like five new products that my skin had never met before. And it was not really opening its doors. It, there was a lot of confusion. And then I started having weird skin problems. And just like you mentioned, I didn't know what the heck was causing it. I didn't know if it was a reaction of way too many things being added on at once, or if it was one certain product. And I basically had to strip down to our, our big three, our, our cleanse, moisturize sunscreen until I figured it out. And ultimately I still don't even truly know what it was, but I think it was just my skin probably telling me to stop buying new products. Absolutely. Yeah. Because these products are super drying, especially these acids. Yes. 
So it's really important to add them in slowly. And what I like to do is I actually use my more gentle products in the morning. And then at night I use more aggressive products. Right. So in the morning I use a lush face scrub called Aquamarina. I'm going to plug that because love me some lush, but it is a chamomile based aloe based cleanser that is so nice. So gentle to just like wake you up in the morning. And I use a very light moisturizer in the morning. I rotate what this looks like for me because that's kind of where I get to like play with my products is I'm like, Oh, I'll, I'll buy a new moisturizer. That's all I have the spoons for and the capacity for. Yep. Um, and then at night I'll do those acne based cleansers. So something with benzoyl peroxide or salicylic acid, and then more of a hydrating moisturizer, like a CeraVe or Acetophil that have ceramides in them that are more moisturizing. So I think think that also kind of helps balance your routine if you do light to heavy products. Right. But another thing when you're adding in products too, is that you want to make sure that when you're doing your skincare routine, you're going from your lightest product to your heaviest product. Right. So after you cleanse, you want to start with something like a toner, then do a vitamin C, then a moisturizer, then a sunscreen, right. and really allow each product to soak into the skin. So I'll take a little toothbrush in intermissions. I'll take a hair intermission to kind of allow my skin to really absorb the product, but also being efficient with my time because I like to sleep in as long as I can in the morning for sure. Yeah. I think that was another thing that totally threw me for a loop because I think just every time I open my mouth, I realize truly like at my core, how lazy I am, but I started to realize I hate doing these skincare routines because I hate the waiting period. I hated waiting for my cleanser to dry so I could tone. So then I could vitamin C, etc. It's exhausting. And you're right. I want to be sleeping in. I don't feel like I have enough time to wait in between and I still do, but it's such a deterrent because you start to compromise your time for your routine. And then eventually you can't keep, you can't keep doing that. Absolutely. No, no. I think, I think absolutely is my word for this podcast. I need to stop. No, I love absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely is good. Absolutely is good. Better than exactly, exactly. (laughs) This is definitely a personal issue, but I'm, I'm curious to, I'm curious to get your take on it. So my biggest cross to bear in life is that I don't have a proper, maybe nighttime routine is a good way to phrase it. I'll paint you a better picture because that's not a good way to say it, but I usually wake up. I immediately just kind of like do the bare minimum, the basics, and then I need to get started on my day, just like most people do. But I have the liberty to maybe go do my workout in the middle of the day. Let's say it could be noon. It could be two, three o'clock. It could be five, whatever it is. But after that, like that's my shower like my big shower for the day. If I'm going to wash my hair, like sometimes I get confused if that's my nighttime routine or not. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. (laughs) Like, I feel like maybe it's the workout that just causes all of the problems. I don't know, but I never know like what's the proper thing to do after that shower. Should I like redo the things that I did that morning, which was only a few hours ago. Do I do my nighttime things because I'm going to be inside the rest of the day, even though it's like four o'clock or do I just hold off and do nothing? But then my skin's like dry until midnight. Like, 
help. I don't know what to do. This is a dilemma that I have often because I work out in the morning and then yes. I'll go to work and then I'll come home and I'll feel like I need to like wash my face, but Something. it's still yes. like five o'clock. Like yes. what do I do? So normally what I'll do in those situations is I'll wash my face again, for sure. Especially after a sweaty workout, I'll right. tone like again a day in the sure. lab. Yeah. Or a day in the lab, right? Like a day wearing a mask. That's really anytime oh I come home and I take off my mask, like my face is being washed like immediately. But um, that's not too many washes. Like per day? I don't think so. At least for my skin, it's not. My skin is very oily. And the more that I wash it, nothing, nothing bad really happens. But even if you have more dry skin, you can still use a cleanser that is pH balancing or a hydrating ingredient based sure. cleanser sure. because it's good to just really get that grime off of your face. Mm. But when you do still have, you know, half of the day in front of you, yes, Normally I won't reapply vitamin C because I feel like vitamin C is like a one, a once a day type thing, but I will reapply sunscreen. If I know that I'm going to be close to the windows, or I know that I'm going to take an evening walk or be in front of the television Mm -hmm. and then do my night routine before I go to bed where I wash my face again, do the toner again, as if I had just gotten out of the shower. Does that make sense? Makes total sense. And I think you said the things that I knew, but didn't admit to myself, which is really, I should be doing the double duty. And I think <laughs> I like to get away with the single duty. <laughs> the one thing that's really helped me push through my skincare routine, which might be helpful to you and might be helpful to others sure, is that when I'm doing my skincare, that's when I'm watching YouTube. That's when I'm watching Netflix. I'm propping my phone up on its pop socket and I'm just watching TV and doing my routine because that's a good, you know, you can watch a 15 minute video, Mm -hmm. a Janet Domahina video, for example, and watch her do her what I eat in a day while you wash your face. Um, your videos are my lunchtime videos for sure. So clarification, (laughs) I was going to come at you if you weren't watching me during the skincare, not doing the skincare routine or an episode of Shit's Creek. Like I can start the episode and get halfway through. And then when I have to do the rest of my nighttime routine, which includes, you know, toothbrush time and flossing and water pick and, you know, all those things, then right. I can watch the rest of the episode. Should we get Matthew on the pod to talk about flossing? <laughs> yeah. You know him, he, he got a new toothbrush and it is a toothbrush water pick hybrid. And what? who needs that? It sounds like a jackhammer and I <laughs> yeah, hate it, it. I hate <laughs> this toothbrush with a passion. Yes, it is terrible. It's the worst toothbrush ever. So I'm very, I'm very grateful that, you know, we don't live together right now because I think <laughs> I would be very upset with the toothbrush. Is he in hygienics himself or is he just he is into not. hygiene? He, He's really, he's obsessed with never having a cavity. He's that person that you meet at a party and he's like, I've had perfect teeth my entire life and I wear my retainers every night. And I'm like, wow, you're an overachiever. Um, He actually thought that he got a cavity and it was like the most soul crushing thing he ever had. But turns out it was just a coffee stain, which is what I thought it was anyway. But Hmm. 
you know, he, he grew up in Southern California. So he grew up in a place where, you know, you were, you know, a lot of people didn't wear sunscreen. Mm. So his parents were always very big people on wearing the sunscreen. So now one of the joys of dating someone is that, you know, the things that they are anal about, you then become anal about. So if they are personal care things, I'm on board. I'm absolutely on board. Cryptocurrency, you can't get me on that train. However, what is it with the men and the crypto? It's it's like men and it's literally the millennial version of men in the Godfather. Like my dad's Mm. generation, they just all quote the Godfather. But, and you know, you've got mail, one of my favorite movies. They're like, what is it? Yes, me too. And sleepless in Seattle, but then you've got mail. She's like, what is it with men in the Godfather? And now it's like, what is it with millennial men and cryptocurrency? Like, yep. It's literally the exact same thing. And so. if it's not the Godfather, it's World War II. Like they're oh. always watching a World War II war movie, a documentary. Documentary. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and I love me a World War II historical fiction. Yeah, of book, course, it's important but- to learn about. Absolutely. But I would not watch a documentary for fun. <laughs> No. Well, actually that's a lie. I love documentaries, but that's a podcast for a different day because I completely derailed you. You had one last little moment to speak to what other skincare you need to be adding into, let's say late twenties, thirties, et cetera. Yeah. So once you get to your late twenties, thirties, you want to start adding in some collagen stimulation. So this is things like doing jade rolling. That's like really popular is like using your little jade roller. And basically what it does is it helps your skin produce collagen because it's kind of like pressing into the skin, kind of giving you like a little massage. Um, if you want something that's a little less, um, you know, at home, you can look into things like micro needling or derma needling. These are both ways of helping your skin produce more collagen. It's kind of like the jury is out on digested collagen. So people often say that you should start adding collagen into your routine. Like smoothies. Um, those yeah. Powders. Yeah. Right. Things exactly. like that. Um, people aren't necessarily sure if it actually helps or hurts. For me personally, I have the vital proteins collagen that's unflavored and I add that into coffee. I add that into smoothies, um, matcha verdict on coffee. How does that taste? Or is it tasteless? It dissolves into coffee really. So I don't really notice it. They do have certain ones that are like coffee creamer, I guess you would say. And they market them as like collagen creamer. I've never tried those um, because we are a girl on a budget and we love that Costco carries the unflavored version. Yes. So I Costco just go purchase. Yes. We love a Costco <laughs> haul. It's awesome. So that's something that I really added into my routine. Again, you know, it's something that you can add, but in your thirties, you should really be starting to think more about how you can produce more collagen, especially if you really do want to keep your skin aesthetically looking more youthful. Collagen stimulation isn't necessarily something that's like good or bad health wise, whether you're producing too much or too little, Mm. but it is something that if you want to, you know, when people say, oh my gosh, you don't even look X age. Um, it often has to do with collagen. Well, shoot. So why would you wait until like 30 ish? You know, why would I not start now? Just hypothetically. Absolutely. So 
collagen production really does start to dip in your 20s. So in your Mm -hmm. teens, you're producing a good amount. And then once you hit your 20s, it starts to decline. But in your 30s is really where you kind of hit a like low point for your collagen production and your body just doesn't produce as much anymore because you don't necessarily need it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's something that you really need as a kid to keep elasticity, which helps with, you know, when you're growing, for example, or, you know, kids are generally more, you know, they'll get cuts and things like that, where you need your skin's repair mechanisms. Whereas as an adult, you don't really need the repair mechanisms as much as you did as a kid. It's so interesting when we just think about the bigger picture and how capable our bodies are and how they know exactly what to do at what stages of our lives. I think that is so fascinating. And I mean, obviously the skin is an organ itself, but you kind of sometimes don't think about it like that. You think, okay, what am I, what am I going to put into my body or how am I going to exercise it? Or I don't know, just like little tiny things, but your skin is so important and it gives you warning signs. It tells you things like pimples will pop up sometimes if you need to wash your face more. Like, I don't know. It's just our yeah. body is powerful. It's really fascinating if you put it into perspective. It's very powerful. Our skin, like you said, it tells us things. It tells us when our diet isn't great, right? That's when our skin will break out and we'll have all those excess oils because it's like, Hey girl, you had a really great week last week, but you ate too many McDonald's French fries. So you Mm -hmm. gotta, you gotta cut that down. Mm -hmm. Or when we get sunburned, that's literally your skin's inflammatory response saying, okay, we need to fix this. And that's why you get the chills when you're sunburned because your immune system is trying to repair the skin that you literally just scorched. Yep. So it's crazy when your skin is too dry, it'll produce more oils. That's why people with oily skin are like, why should I even moisturize? My skin is oily. And it's because your skin needs those oils. That's why it's making them. So yeah. it's very interesting. I have heard that that's like a adverse effect where if you have lots of oil, sometimes your skin's like crying out for the oil itself. And that's my, it's overproducing it again, not like a dermatologist here, but I think it's kind of fascinating and I should take my own advice. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, all of these things are much easier said than done because you know when you're getting up early to go to work or go to an exercise class, the last thing you want to do is have to walk through your whole skincare routine and at the end of the day, I just want to watch TV and fall asleep in bed watching television. But, you know, having to get out of the warm covers to go do my night routine is asking a lot. But, yes, you know, with, with the company of a good YouTube video, Netflix show, audiobook, it is possible. Podcasts even, even our podcasts. Yeah, exactly. You can listen to those and do your skincare routine. <laughs> exactly. Was there any other points that I cut you off on throughout the episode that you wanted to make sure that you left the twisty listeners with? I think we've covered everything. Perfect. I think we've, we've done quite a lot and not to, you know, scare people into like, Oh, be afraid of aging. But you know, there are ways that we can take care of our skin while we're young And really provide our skin with the things that it needs. And it doesn't need to be expensive. It doesn't need to be complicated. Yeah. Um, So yeah, that's just some, some tidbits on how to elevate your skincare routine. 
I love it. And I would love to leave a lot of your recommended products uh, as well as I guess some of mine in the description yeah. box for the episode, because like you mentioned that one black owned business, I think that's awesome. I'm about ready to open up my target app and purchase it right now. I need to restock on my ordinary. Like I feel a little bit re-energized to take better care of my skin, at least for tonight and, and the rest of the week until I get lazy again. I Absolutely. promise I'm good. You know, we just, we have those, we have those bad habits sometimes. Yeah. It's exactly like fitness, right? You can be really, really committed to your fitness routine and then you fall off the so wagon true. and it takes a little bit to get back, but so true. don't worry. You can, you can do it. You just commit <laughs> a little bit to those skincare routine and keeping that routine. And yep. once it becomes a part of your day, when you don't do it, you feel like, oh my gosh, my skin feels like Yes. you know, dry. I wonder why. And it's you're like, exactly well, right. You didn't do your skincare routine. Obviously, <laughs> obviously your skin feels dry. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for coming on again, Paige. You're such a delight to chat with. We always have so much fun. How can I send you off to all of my twisty listeners? Please tell them where we can find you. Absolutely. So you can find me on Instagram at beauty and the biotech beast. I also have a podcast slash IGTV series, so you can stream the podcast wherever you get Taylor's podcast, but you can also watch me talk on IGTV <laughs> as well. And I cover a lot of topics similar to these. So I've covered a sunscreen episode, but I've also done things like how do we determine a cancer stage? and things like how vaccines work. So I do a lot of um, topics, some more layman than others, but right. everyone will learn something from it. And I think it's a very um, useful resource for learning more about the science around us. You also have a really cute episode that's more or less a Q&A of sorts. And I really liked it because you emphasize the point of I am more than STEM. It was a really cute episode. And if you just want to learn more about Paige herself and in all her glory, I would watch that one too, or stream it, whatever you prefer. But thank you again so much for listening. I love you all so much. And I will talk to you next week. Peace out, Girl Scouts. Bye.